Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. As I feel like this has been like my heart on display for see, I just literally want to cry my eyes out. These feel like my kids almost. <laughs> Um, I am so passionate about these kids in this ministry. This isn't somewhere where I thought I'd be serving, but it's very clear that this is where God's called my husband and I to be. Um, For those of you who don't know, we meet every Sunday night, um, and actually we have um, three couples who serve on the team. So there's six of us that meet with about sometimes 20, sometimes 40 kids. We never know what the nights are going to look like, but um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for letting us come up here um, and cheering us on and just supporting us. It's such a big deal to have parents who um, have our backs. So thanks. I'm going to pray really quick and we'll get started. Jesus, thank you so much for a ministry that's dedicated to teenagers, God. You care so much about each and every one of them, God, and I just thank you for the opportunity to be in a church that cheers on their students and sees the best in them. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I'll be a little breathy. i got a month left. (laughs) Almost there. So we're going to take it slow, maybe sit down. We'll see what happens. I get to close out this series, Interruptible, um, for the last several weeks. Our teaching team has been um, preaching on being interrupted, people in the Bible who were interrupted, and even Jesus himself was interrupted. And if you missed any of those, you can check that out at church214.org. Camp out in the story of Moses today. Um, Sweet, sweet Moses. I think he makes us feel just a little bit better about ourselves and a little bit more human. And I think Isaac Bennett was actually the first person who made me realize that, like, oh, yeah, he totally does. Um, But what I love the most is the way that Moses' story starts out. His mother has him, and immediately, from the minute he's born, she knows that there's something special about him, that there is a calling on his life. And what does she do? She keeps him hidden. And she nurtures him and cares for him. She creates this beautiful basket to lay him in, and then she drops him in the river. That's the truest test of a mama, to let go of control of a parent, to let go of control of their child. But here's the thing. I think that we can take an incredible note from Moses' mom. Each and every one of God's children is anointed and has a call on their life. And it's our job as parents to steward that. It's our job to call that out in our child. And what does that look like? It looks like meeting with Jesus and asking him, what is my child's gift? And then speaking it out loud, praying circles over your child, looking up verses that are, uh, I don't even know what the Lord I'm looking for. You know what I'm talking about? Relevant, specific, yeah, those, exactly. I um, read once, actually in the last couple months, this quote that says, a child who's been actively prayed over will have a better understanding of who created them to be, 
and more direction in their, ch- in their life than a child who's been seldom. There's no better time than to start right now. And Moses, he actually writes about this. In Deuteronomy, it's so clear. Isn't it interesting that we can actually look at God's word and apply it to our lives? If you didn't know that, you can do that. This is what he says. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road. And probably when this was written on the road was on a donkey and the kids could have been like, yep, I'm out. See ya. But now on the road is in your car and you're going 60 miles an hour and your kid can't peace out. When you're going to bed and when you're getting up, tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your home. If you're building a home, write them on the doorposts of your home. Scriptures on your walls. It says, and on your gates. I could preach on this all day, but I only have so much time. I have four books with me. Um, The book is called Praying Circles of Your Children by Mark Batterson. Um, I've been reading it for the last month, and it's really transformed the prayer life over my own children. If you are interested in that, I would love to just give you that as a gift. So after the service, come find me. And if you aren't one of the four people that gets one of those, it's $2.99 on Amazon, and it is the best purchase that was ever made for me. So do that. But anyway, back to the story of Moses. He killed a man. He ran from God. He made up excuses as why he couldn't lead God's people, and he was angry, and he did things he wasn't supposed to, which sounds a lot like you and me. But here's the thing that stands out about Moses. Mistake after mistake, he kept pursuing God. Lie after lie, he kept pursuing God. Trial after trial, he kept pursuing God. Meeting with God and being willing to be interrupted by God. And he easily could have said, peace out, I'm out. Somebody else can do this. I'm going back to the Red Sea. I'm getting a pomegranate lemonade. I'm going to get my tan on with my Jesus sandals. And maybe even a steak dinner that's not from the sky. But he stayed. He continued to be interrupted by God. And here's the story about Moses that not a lot of us know. Moses didn't enter the promised land. For 40 years, he wandered around in the desert and didn't get what he was promised. This is what it says in Numbers 27. One day the Lord said to Moses, climb one of the mountains east of the river and look out over the land I have given the people of Israel. After you have seen it, you will die like your brother Aaron, for you have rebelled against my instructions in the wilderness of Zen. When the, people of Israel, when the people of Israel rebelled, you failed to demonstrate my holiness to them at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the wilderness of Zen. May I remind you, Moses saw signs and wonders. He went to war for God. He did all the communicating for God to the people. If anyone deserved the promised land, it was Moses. But because of sin, he didn't even get to step one foot into the promised land. And I was trying to think of how this might relate to some of our students or maybe some of you. And I came up with a few examples. The first one, it's like the championship game. It's like the big hockey game 
or the big lacrosse game or swim meet or whatever, cheer competition, whatever it is, you worked your butt off for it. You sweat your butt off for it. (laughs) You woke up early. You put in hours. And because you missed one homework assignment or because you were sick one day of school, you don't get to step one foot. Second one, it's like reading a book. Some of you book lovers out there, I'm beginning to become one. And you're loving it, and you cannot, get, you cannot wait to get to the end. I mean, it's like one of those books that you could have read in a day. And you get to the end, and the, the last chapter is ripped out. And you find it was from your dog, or your cat peed on it. Number one reason why you shouldn't have animals. <laughs> Sorry, Evie, wherever you are. <laughs> that one was just for you, girl. <laughs> in your dreams, baby. Um, my last example... Um, <clears throat> was about the Marvel movies, that newest movie that's out. And then I realized, like, I have no idea what that's even about. So we're just going to scratch that. <laughs> Asked my husband, um, what was that, a couple weeks ago, we're sitting on the couch watching a show, <laughs> and a commercial comes on, and all I saw was, like, stars in a spaceship. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what this is. And it ends, and I look at him, and I was like, babe, like, he's going to be so proud of me. Was that Star Wars? And he literally, his laugh that he was just doing, started cracking up laughing, thinking it was hilarious. And he was like, no, that's, I don't even know what it was. What was it? Avengers, which I just refer to as Marvel, whatever you want to call it. Is that the same thing? Oh, then I'm good. I know something. All right. So moving on. (laughs) This is so true in our own lives. Our yes to God's instruction does not mean that we get the outcome we want. We don't always get to see the fruit of our labor. For the last eight months of my life, I've been living really, really interrupted. For those of you who don't know, my husband and I said yes to the call of foster care in 2018. And I say call because it is truly a calling. And there are families in this church right now who are starting the process, about to be process in process. That's the same thing. You know what I'm trying to say? In the middle of the process, the process, and man, I am cheering you on. I am for you. God's favor is over you. In October of 2018, we received our foster son. And for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to refer to him as Z today. He was in our home within a day of saying yes. So I went from having a one-year-old to a one-year-old and a 10-month-old. And we've been on this roller coaster ride ever since bringing him home. My everyday life was turned upside down. My schedule, I used to be able to do last minute things. I used to be able to invite people in my home whenever I wanted. And Z's schedule and his visits with his mom took precedence over that. My desires and my needs were interrupted. For the first few months of Z living with us, it was constant screaming. A child who was traumatized and confused and trying to find his way in this world. There are a couple of you that I called in tears just saying, can you come hold him? We were called to shepherd his heart. To be his leader in his place of safety. In some days it felt like we had nothing left to give. But we pressed in. And I think we found out way more about ourselves than we ever wanted to know. <laughs> Rewind to two weeks ago, I am sitting at our kitchen table, and 
I was sitting in the quiet, which normally lasts about three to five minutes in our house, two kids under the age of two. My Bible was open, and I was just praying over my voice. And that's when I felt the Lord speak to me. And it wasn't an audible voice. It was just one of those things in your spirit that you know wasn't your own and that it must be from God. And the prompting said, it's time. And I thought, (laughs) time for what? My husband travels. I got a baby that I'm growing and two more. What more can we do, God? And I remember thinking, I don't know. I don't know if we can do this. He said it. They felt it again. It's time. And then it hit me. It dawned on me. And I I questioned God. And I said, you mean we don't get to see this out? We don't get to see the end? We don't get to see him reunited with his family? God, we said yes. We were going to do this. And gently again, he said, it's time. So we gave our notice for Z to be moved to a new foster home that week. And my soul was crushed. But as I began to prepare this message, it started to make sense to me. I just read from Numbers, and this is the exact response that comes after God tells Moses that he's not allowed in the promised land. And this is what Moses says. May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them one who will lead them out and bring them in so the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Moses got what he wanted more than anything ripped out from underneath him. And yet he humbled himself enough to say, put someone else in place. You see, we don't get to see the fruit of our labor in Z's life The Lord's going to call someone else to shepherd his heart, someone else to lead him out and bring him in. And although it's painful, God has had this planned from the beginning of time for me and for him and for my husband. Guys, it may take years before we see the fruit of our labor. It might not even, it might even be when we sit with Jesus and he gives us this picture real of our lives and he says, Peyton, this is what I gifted you. Peyton, this is what I called you to. Peyton, this is what I removed you from. Peyton, this is why I asked you to stay. And it will all begin to make sense. If a season is closing, if life is lining up differently, expected, If you aren't seeing the fruit, God's still here. And even when he's silent, he's not still. He's at work and he's doing something more significant in you than you realize. But sometimes we're required to take action. It's time for us to respond to God like Moses did. For you to let go of the grip you have on something that isn't yours. What you think you're supposed to be shepherding might in fact be what someone else is supposed to be shepherding. It might be what your neighbor is supposed to be shepherding. It might be what your child is supposed to be shepherding because believe it or not, God gives our kids things to shepherd. It might be what the person 
at the grocery store is supposed to be shepherding. You don't even know if they love Jesus. And maybe they don't even love Jesus. And God still wants them to shepherd it because he uses people that don't love Jesus, guys. You guys are each handed a packet of sand. And I want you to use this as a representation of what you need to let go of. There's buckets here in the front. You can simply just unzip them. And when you feel led, you can pour them into the bucket. As you pour out your sand, this could mean that you are walking out of the desert into new life. Literally pouring the sand from the desert out and into new life with Jesus. And in a relationship that does not produce fruit in your life. Standing up for what's right when no one else agrees. Choosing a new career, using your God-given gifts. Not letting those hurts hurt you any longer. Not sitting in your grief, but actively choosing to live in what God's called you to live in. Reaching out to the person you have a strained relationship with. Or even walking with an addiction that's poisoning every area of your life. Nothing's coming to mind. Pour your sand out anyway. It will come to you. God is too good of a God to leave you where you are. Whatever it is, pour it out. They're not actually going to sing. Rochelle and Phil are just going to play up here. and I'm going to pray and just come on up. Pour it out. God has so much more in store for you for you to hold on to something that isn't yours. Jesus. Humble ourselves like Moses. Whatever it is that we need to pour out, God, would you make it clear to us? This is a faith action, God. When we physically move, it's a spiritual move in our lives. And when we walk out these doors, God, may your protection be over us. Your angels surround us, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.